0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at BrumRadio.com.
1: It's Scream Brum and...
0: I'll be back. I'll be back. She'll be back. I'm back. I'll be back.
1: Oh, and welcome. Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to Screen Brum. We have been off the air for a number of weeks and I know a lot of you have been frankly desperate to hear our voices and I understand that. I appreciate that it has been difficult for you. I know you can always go back and listen to the podcast again but there's nothing like the live experience of Screen Brum. Um, so we apologise for our, our, our tardiness in coming back to you but that is not our fault. We've been moving. Brum Radio is now coming to you live from the Warehouse Cafe here in the centre of Digbeth in Birmingham. And uh, we're in our sparkling, fabulous new studio, and we're ready um, and raring to go um, to tell you all about the things we've been getting up to. Uh, And so we have an appropriate theme. Today uh, on the show, Um, those of you that haven't listened to us before, Screen Brum is the show here on Brum Radio where we talk about all things with a screen, TV, film, anything that we like, and uh, we pick a theme and we talk about it, Um, and we've got an action-packed show today, and our theme is, well, I'm going to bring back an old favourite of the show, Mr. Tim Wilson. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good
2: to be back. It's think. good to be back. It's Brum, the return.
1: I like it. The <laughs> son of Screenbrum. Um And uh, our theme today is what, Tim?
2: We're going to be talking all things comebacks. Mm. And we have a selection of categories mm. that we have used to make the, uh, the
1: choices more interesting. Or hard, depending on... How you view it. Yes. Um, so, so yes, comebacks. So we're going to be talking about great comebacks, perhaps bad comebacks. We're talking about actors that came back, directors that came back. We're talking about films that came back, perhaps genres that came back, sequels that have been a long way, time coming, reboots, remakes, uh, films about comebacks. All of that kind of stuff. And we would love to hear from you. We're very, very excited that as well as being back ourselves, we also have a brand new member of the Screen Brum team. We have a Lucy in our fabulous new booth, recording booth, here in the station. I and like she- the way
2: you say booth. Yes. Is it booth? Mighty booth.
1: The Mighty Booth. <laughs> um, and and Lucy is going to be here. So she's going to be responding to any messages for you, from you. So please do. We love to hear from you. So if you are out there and you've got a Twitter account, you can tweet us at Screen Brum. If you don't have a Twitter account, you can email us. Uh, and the email address, Tim, is... I keep forgetting. It's info at screenbrum.co.uk. Info at screenbrum.co.uk. Let us know what you think, uh, what comebacks... That you think are the ones that we should all be uh, uh, excited about. Want comebacks? Uh, you think are the perhaps the greatest comebacks? Um, and I'm going to start. We're going to start with some music, and then we're going to go straight into our comebacks. Um, and I'm going to play. Well, frankly, the only track that made any sense right now, and I'm going to play it.
3: Come you know on, it, man. right? You know it.
1: Still got it, hasn't it? That's uh, Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. Uh, and of course, um, that from one of the great comeback movies, Happy Feet 2. Um, <laughs> Happy Feet 2 is does blubs early feature that track, but obviously it's a great comeback song, and that's what we like to hear. We like feeling the energy. Thank you. We've got tweets coming in already. Thank you very much to Feathers and Wings, who's told us that they are, they're having a tired day, so they're going to sit back and listen to Scream Brum, which frankly is absolutely, if you went to a doctor, that's what they'd tell you to do, to be honest, I'd we say. We are the ultimate antidote for everything. We are, we are. <laughs> no, the antidote for fun. Um, so anyway, <laughs> nice to hear from you, feathers and Wings, and we'd love to hear your comeback thoughts. So also, just so you know um, as well, we, we are also going to be joined by another guest in the studio. About one o'clock today, we're going to be uh, joined by Damesh from the Indian Sorry, the Birmingham Indian Film Festival is going to be talking about that That's starting soon, and there is some comeback-related stuff in there as well. So we're going to have that to look forward to, um, and uh, more music and everything else besides. So, Tim, before we do our thing, when we're coming back now, what's happened to you since we were last on air? Um, is anything exciting? I've been to Korea. That's quite exciting. Yeah,
2: people think I'm somehow involved in negotiations. I'm not. uh, (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) That's probably for the best. That's probably for the best. Yes, I've been to Seoul. Wow. I've been rocking the style, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing city. So, yes, that's where I've been, appropriately whilst the Brum Radio offices have been closed. Yeah, uh, yes,
1: exactly. Well, you have to make sure that your holidays are organised around Screen Brum.
2: Everything is organised around Mm. Screen Brum.
1: I've had an odd one. Um, You may have experienced... You were probably away, but there was a massive Uber storm here in Birmingham. I was here for the storm. Yeah, and we got struck by lightning in our house, <laughs> and our TV blew up. Um, and Sorry, I'm not laughing. Yeah, it was quite alarming. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got a new telly now, yeah, um, and I'm, I think I've understood uh, for the first time what watching films is, suddenly, because it's really clear. Yeah. Uh, I used to have a really rubbishy old one, and now everything looks weird and crisp. Uh, and yesterday I watched... Um, the Ghostbusters new new Ghostbusters film, um, and it was um, it was terrible because you could actually see everything. It just was clearly a bunch of people on a on a uh, yeah
2: on a set. So one thing you notice when you get a very Uber Clear TV, sorry, you said Uber Storm. Uber is the word of the moment. Yeah, must must must, must have got here in an Uber.
0: Now
1: um, the
2: uh, the Uber Clear face. Yeah. You see everything. Yeah, you see, you see all this every. Way. You see the wrinkles. Yeah, the beads the, of sweat. Beads it's of sweat and spots. and yeah. the wrinkles and the. Yeah, ooh. Bruno
1: Tonioli in HD is a whole different proposition. Is um, he? Yeah. Um, anyway.
2: Remind me to look, look that up. Yeah, uh, I'd recommend not. <laughs> um,
1: so we're going to be we're going to be doing our uh, our comebacks, um, and uh, Tim, you have to leave early today as well. So we're going to be racing through them a little bit, um, and um, we start off, I think, with the most obvious category, right? Actors. Actor comebacks. Actor. Actors that have been away, have fallen out of the public eye for whatever reason, and then have come back with some fabulous role. Yeah. And now, um, does, does F. Scott Fitzgerald famously said there is no second acts in American lives, and of course, as so much of our cinema, you know, as we deny it, is true, is is from Hollywood. Um, you know, American stars coming back—they're not that common. You know, in, in America, if you are a uh, you know, if you're to fail, that's it. You know, particularly with these massive budgets involved now. But some people have done it, right?
2: Loads of people have done it. Yeah. Who,
1: who, do, you, who do you think's really set the world on fire with comebacks?
2: Well, I think Nicolas Cage is the epitome of comebacks because for every ninth film, <laughs> every ninth film he does is a comeback, right? He does eight <laughs> films that are not good and then does the ninth film. So he keeps coming back.
1: Yeah, that's a very good. In,
2: so Nicolas Cage is the epitome of comebacks, in my opinion. Yeah. Even though
1: he's never away yeah he's yeah, always sometimes. there maybe he should just not make those uh, I, I just films. mean
2: comebacks in a quality sense yeah, rather than yeah yeah but there are actors who have been away and have come back mm. um i think of uh for example i think of robert downey jr who was away for a long time um, yeah i mean you know, and you would, would never pregnancy. have thought
1: he was coming had a lot of you know problems didn't he, he went to prison and Yes, he had his problems and came
2: back. And the Iron Man, the Iron Man, uh, and the whole Marvel uh, thing has just basically relaunched his career. He's one of the biggest stars in the one of the biggest stars in the world. And yeah. he's and he oozes charisma. He's absolutely brilliant in the role. So um, yeah, um, I think of Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who'd been out of the scene, and then Boogie Nights—that role is just is. is epitome, it's like it, you wouldn't think of anyone else to play that role, but mm. Reynolds is like, he, he owes it I think of people like, even people like David Duchovny, who he went out of the scene for a while and came back with Californication he's, he's, you know, he is that serious, yeah. everything about that is him, and it was, I think of Marlon Brando, who actually, the godfather was a comeback. Yes,
1: it was, wasn't it that yeah. certainly was on my list, he, yeah he, he'd, he'd kind of had this kind of sleek, you know, angry young man thing going on, Yeah, and then once that got old
2: Nothing. Even Alec Baldwin would say he went out of the limelight for a while. He came back with Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock, Rock yeah. Uh, you know, and he, so there's lots of and you can go on all day. And you can go back in time, and you can think of um, even people like um, oh, even going someone like Frank Sinatra, who you know, who didn't do acting for a while and came back with From mm. Here to Eternity. You know, mm. so you know, actor comebacks. We talked about this before we came on. It is much more of a, a male domain. Well, this is it. This is it. me. I mean, all right, Julie
1: Christie and away from her would be an example of an exception to that. Drew Barrymore possibly in Scream as well. Scream, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this off air about, you know, is it, you know, do women not get second chances in the way that, that male actors do? You know, we know that it's a, it's a terrible industry for women, and it has been for, forever, but, you know, do they just not, you know, if a woman... Because, obviously, one of the other problems that women have is, you know, when they age... They disappear from our eyes. You know, we're not allowed to see them. You know, obviously Woody Allen's allowed to, you know, to have, you know, screen um, partners who are, you know, a third of his age or whatever. But the other way around, never, Mm. it's never allowed. It just doesn't happen to women There isn't,
2: there's simply not been, the script's written for women, it seems. But that's going to change, I would hope. And uh, we'll start to see roles for women who are getting older that are for women who are getting older. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing women ageing. And we're seeing, I mean, you know, there seems to be a declining number of scripts for women
1: who are getting older. Well, one would hope, but hope that's that's going it, to be well, changed. I'm going to I'm going to bring in my um, oh, say, Yes, I'm going to bring in my my in the spirit of that. This is I've chosen uh, Winona Ryder in uh, Stranger Things uh, most recently, Interesting, okay, um, because of that exact thing. You know, she had you know she was a massive star in the '90s as a kind of you know pixie dream girl. Um, you know ingenue um, role Um, and then she you know she did the disgraceful thing of getting older um, and disappeared from our screens but when she came back in Stranger Things um, it was it was in the mother role she was the mother but it was so interesting that it was set in the time it was set in the 80s of course in her kind of heyday when she was young and then She's actually come back and said, "No, well, I'm going to be the the mum role," and and absolutely reminded everyone that she is an amazing actor, and, and 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 absolutely, absolutely stole that, and, and came in in a similar way. Again, I was talking about this with my partner. Is is how when Barbara Windsor, when Barbara Windsor came into EastEnders, everyone thought it was a bit of a joke, you know, <laughs> and then she suddenly became in EastEnders this this mate-sharp figure that was absolutely central to that soap for, for ages and was amazing in it. And it was almost like a bit of joke casting, I thought, yeah. You know the way it was treated when she came in. And the same way with this, you know, oh, it's Winona Ryder because it's set in the 80s. Absolutely fantastic. So Blake's actor comeback is bang up to date, and it is Winona Ryder. What do you think?
2: Great cool. And agree? also, you know, she also made us, I mean, she was starting to come uh, get the roles when she was doing Star Trek as well, playing Spock's Mother. As yes, well. but it was yeah, so, a very it was much a, a, very, a very much a peripheral yeah, role. Yeah, it was. But in
1: strange, this is this in Stranger Things, this is when we got her as, as a lead, as a lead exactly, and yeah. and and a an, an cat, and she just played it brilliantly. Yeah. So, do you have your y- actor comeback?
2: Yeah, my actor comeback would be Matthew McConaughey.
1: Ah, interesting.
2: But from the point of view that for many many years he was stereotyped in a kind of typical role where he was the, the attractive beef the beefcake yeah. and doing terrible comedies that you know which i don't like um, you know, know we mentioned you the horror. We, you know what is it wedding planner how to lose a guy in 10 days yeah. all that kind of stuff and then suddenly by sort of 2013 2014 magic mike um, true detective dallas buyers club um, wolf of wall street um, suddenly you know his pit, his choices of, you know, he's remarkably you know, shown what a brilliant actor he is, mm. and if he's an example. You know, I think it was Mark Komodo who called him Matthew Mahogany, didn't mm. it, for years? And now that that tag's completely gone. He is an actor worth watching in any film that he's in. Mm. He's proven, he's, he's proven his, uh, you know, that he's given given the right roles. You know, he can turn. He's turned around his career. So Matthew. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. We're now is giving my, him... Is my actor comeback. I, I think respect he's brilliant. You. Yeah.
1: Excellent choice. Excellent choice. So do you agree? Do you agree? Uh, if you're on Twitter... Do you think that Matthew McConaughey, Matthew, uh, <laughs> we'll call him the Big Mac, um, do you think he's great? Do you think uh, when There's a lot of others. I mean, um, another one that I was considering was was Kiefer Sutherland in 24. And Again, it. again <laughs> it's TV is often the thing, you know, with yeah. Alec Baldwin, as you say, in 30 Rock coming back in TV. Um, and then the other one, which is um, very much uh, an also-round for me, is... John Travolta in, in Pulp fiction. fiction.
2: Yeah, he was on my list too, potentials. I mean,
1: again, it was just like, one of the great bits in there, again, showing, you know, I think when, when a, a comeback really, really works particularly well is when somebody's able to almost mock their, no, not mock their former, pers- their, their former persona, but, you know, to absolutely step aside it and the great scene in there when he does the terrible dance and he's dancing really awkwardly and last time we a lot of us saw him on screen he was you know he's leaping around in in staying alive and
2: there's an irony to it yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it's like he
1: you know it's kind of that whole um les dawson you know not been able to play the piano but we know he can kind of thing
2: i was yeah i was, I was thinking actually yeah he was my kind of runner-up in terms of the you know the iconic the iconography of that performance you know mm. alongside him Thurman uh, I is so you know in my, so prevalent in the idea of comebacks. The other one I was thinking of was Bill Murray. Uh, only from the point of view that... you can pick Bill Murray for pretty much anything, though, you, can you. He can appear in that actor comeback because he's, he disappeared in the 80s a bit and came back. Um, and then he, he kind of... I think he's kind of reinvented himself in the serious acting world as well mm. a lot more. You know, you, you think of the kind of era with Lust in Translation and Broken Flowers... Where very much you start to realise that he is. I've said this many times. He is one of the leading actors' eyes, mm. and he can act more through his eyes than many actors. Any, many actors can. Um, so yeah, he'd be another choice for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rushmore, as yeah, you know, all the kind of and all his collaborations, you know, with uh, Wes Anderson and all of that kind mm. of stuff as well.
1: Excellent, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I agree with you on all of those things, but we have to choose one, so we've chosen the ones that we have, so I'm going to play another piece of music now, Uh, and this is from um, Pulp Fiction, uh, which, as everyone knows, has got an amazing soundtrack, you know, anyone who's listened to the show before will know I have an opinion about Quentin Tarantino, the director of that, Um, but I can't doubt his soundtracks, they're always great. Yes, listen to iTunes for his opinions in the past. (laughs) past. (laughs) And this is uh, Comment by The Revels. Oh, I love a bit of surf rock. Uh, And that is uh, from the the, uh, soundtrack to Pulp Fiction. Uh, Also can be found on the album The Birth of Surf, Volume 2. Uh, if you are so so inclined to see that, what voice that was! I know, I know, the birth stuff. I know. I'm I'm auditioning for a local radio. Yeah.
2: I was really t- when you were talking about Barbara Windsor, I was really wanting to say, get out of your get out of my pub, you know. <laughs> get, you yeah, know. Oh,
1: actually, it, Yeah, it's it's, it's out of my pub. <laughs> it's it's fabulous when you uh, when you see someone you know just becoming something that you haven't seen before. Uh, and that's obviously what great actors do, but so often I'm given the opportunity to do so. So, yeah, any more any more comebacks? Let us know what you think, actor comebacks. There's, there's a whole other area of actor comebacks, which I, I don't particularly want to get into. But there's the actors who's just dropped off the public eye, and then there's the actor who has been disgraced and come back. Um, that's a whole, I don't know, murky area, I suppose. I'm just seeing how... Um, uh, Kevin Spacey's got a new film coming out, and I don't know how I feel about all of that stuff. So I'm not sure <laughs> that's an area. Having raised it, I should probably now say I'm not going to talk about it. I don't really no,
2: think. so that's a, that's a, it's a yeah. yeah,
1: it's an unpleasant area. So let's uh, let's we, let's, we, let's raise it and then get you thinking about it, and then that's uh, one for Twitter. I think walk away. <laughs> um, so we're going to do um, other types of comeback, um, and we could perhaps do. Films about comebacks. What do yes. you think? Because um, I've got something I want to do for this. I want to play you um, a, a track from a, uh, a comeback. Sorry, a film about a comeback. Now, this is a film um, which features a very famous actor uh, as um, who's going to be singing a song. Okay, so it's a film like many... You know, films about washed-up rock stars making a comeback. Right? This is one of those. But who is singing the track? If you know, tweet us in at Screenbrum email us um, info at what is it? UK. Team game. Uh, and I'm going to see if uh, t- if uh, Tim gets it uh, and knows the film. So here we go. I'm going to play it
0: now. Let me take a chance.
1: This is a clue. As Let me talk. Take- all- I don't think anyone's going to get this, and I'm not sure I can bear to it much longer. I think that's enough. Honest. Um, it's a, a song about an actor, uh, sorry, uh, a, a film about uh, a rock star, and that's his big track. It's uh, Al Pacino. Yeah! yeah! It's Al Pacino. Yeah! In, <coughs> in the film Danny Collins. No way. Okay, yeah, I tell you what. That I, says I've never seen Danny no, Collins. No, right? there's no particular reason that you would. Um, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it on a plane. I think, but the the um, yes, yeah, so the, the premise of the film is that he's. Well, he's not. It's not massively a comeback. He's a kind of a bit of an old an old crooner, and he's come back and he's trying also trying to reconnect with his long lost son. Um, played by Bobby Cannavale. Kind of um, what's it's got uh, Jennifer Garner in it as well. And what's interesting about it is though, it's based on a, a really interesting true story about a a folk musician uh, in the in the early seventies who received who was written a letter of support by John Lennon. And that's the, that's kind of the central hook of the film is that, is that Danny Collins gets deliver, takes delivery this letter. You know, thirty years later, forty years later never having realised it had been sent to him. Um, and it really moves him and it kind of elevates him into a different stage of his career. And it's a true story. So this guy, who, who is a sort of, you know, British folk singer, uh, uh, as I say, in the 70s, was sent a letter by... And then only received it, like, in 2014 or something. And then... They've wrote this film about the kind of the premise of it and obviously the, the star himself is not uh, the singer himself is not a big star like danny collins is in the film but yeah it's nice and you actually see the um, you know the real character the real uh, letter at the end and the other thing that marks it out this film is there's there's a in the sequence in which you see a young um al pacino is so well weirdly well cast and made up that i actually assumed they'd invented time travel or something in order to allow Al Pacino, young Al Pacino to do it because you know what Al, you, you know what young Al Pacino looks like uh, and this is exactly like it was just like Serpico is weird so yeah anyway, there we are. Danny Collins, a film about a comeback, but not necessarily one I would particularly recommend. But no one apparently here wants to see. So
2: just go and watch Serpico instead.
1: Just watch Serpico <laughs> instead. No, no, n-
2: or Dog Day, or whatever. Wonderful yeah, Al Pacino. Scarface. Film. Yeah, there's plenty yeah. to choose
1: from. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, it's great. He sings, you know, and uh, he's really likeable. In Al Pacino singing is definitely. It's uh, got Christopher Plummer in it as well, oh, as Al Pacino's good. manager. Uh, Danny Collins' manager. So, you know, it's got a good cast. Uh, there you are. There we are. That's my that's my choice. of films about comebacks. So, uh, do you have any any preferences? Any films about comebacks? Or?
2: This was the category I struggled with the most okay. because um, it's it films films about comebacks are kind of a uh, one of the things we'll get will we'll compare to is um, superhero films, sports films, tend to be a very prevalent thing mm. subject matter. Then I started getting silly and started thinking of Star Trek Three. Where the idea of planting uh, planting Spock's Catra inside McCoy's head is the b- plot device his for um, his Katra, his Katra, his his spirit, his oh, okay. the, the Vulcan mind melt at the end of Star Trek II. Mm. You know, he says remember, and that he, he needs to when he when he he needs to get that to get his brain back when he regenerates and he goes to Vulcan and they have that ceremony. Uh, oh, I'll take uh, your word for it. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, and then I thought Rocky Four. No, then I thought Rocky Balboa. Then I thought John Rambo. And I thought, all oh, right, I'm on a Sylvester Stallone comebacks trail here okay. because actually, uh, you start going into his. Yeah, anyway. And then Priscilla Crean of the Desert, I thought, because of T- Terence Stamp's character Bernadette. That's a comeback of sorts, in a in a weird way. That was from Philip Ellis, who we know from. Uh,
1: oh that yeah, that's his suggestion. Well, he- because what? Because the the comeback from the actor or the comeback from the character? The character, I believe. Yeah. Is a comeback. And then well, that's um, interesting. I suppose the whole yeah tran- trans thing, isn't
2: it? Yeah. But then I just thought um, we're going to probably refer to this film again uh, sometime later on. I went for the wrestler mm. because the film is the, in, in yes, this could have quite easily been about um, a, uh, the return of Mickey Rourke. Uh, the film has a, The film has a direct parallel, I think, between Ricky Rourke in real life and the character in in many regards. But you know, the film is about comebacks. It is about the comeback of a wrestler, a tragic a comeback, a sad comeback, hard, dark. But in, actually incredibly uplifting at times, incredibly inspiring, even within all the darkness. And the, there's a kind of a there is a there's an uplifting nature to the film in a way because of the way that the characters are so well-rounded and the way you feel for it and the yeah, way you, I mean, you're, really, you're inspired by it. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, then if you
1: haven't seen it, this is from 2008 Darren Aronofsky uh, film with Clint Mansell soundtrack. All the bits are there. Very hard to get funding, I believe, because you know Ricky Rock didn't have a great reputation. I mean, he'd been a massive star in the eighties, and then you know it became pretty much a joke, really, in many ways. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, this
2: film—he embodies the whole spirit of this really film. Awesome. And then, you know, to have him alongside um, Evan Rachel Wood as the daughter and Marissa Tomei, who's amazing in this film—it's um, a power film, yeah. and I love it. And you know, we've talked about this film a
1: lot. We've talked about this film a lot. Film, like, it was actually, yeah, it's on my list of. of it's it's about a comeback and it is also a comeback. It's, it's it's the perfect comeback movie. Yeah, really, because he you know he no one expected it from him. He came back remarkable, and and he in many ways plays himself. You know he plays somebody who who, who had it all in the eighties and uh, and then you know lost it in many ways and tries to come back. Tries to come back and you know and at least is. Is is full throated about it? Yeah, know.
2: the full, the physical embodiment of the film is something else. Those he used wrest- to, he cut
1: himself. He 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 really yeah. in the scenes where they the wrestling and, and they, oh, apparently the- they do this. He actually did it himself. He cut his face with a razor to make himself bleed. Yeah, in those scenes, apparently. So, I mean, yeah, yeah,
2: full on. Yeah, and in, incredibly moving. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, an excellent choice. That's- a really excellent choice. Um, there's well, we're going to play some music from this, and I'm gonna I'm not going to play. Uh, the track that you requested straight away. I may hopefully play it later, but I do want to play um, the Clintman Cell. Um Title track The Wrestler from it because it's so good. Yeah, it's eight minutes long, but I'm not going to play it all. Alas, but look it up, look it up, look up all Clinton Mansell work. He, um, as I'm sure many of you will know, works a lot with Darren Aronofsky and also with um, Duncan Jones, does not he? He's worked with Soderbergh as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, so uh, have a listen. Am I, am I mad about Duncan He did Moon, he yeah, did Moon, he did Moon, and he yeah. also did uh, High Rise soundtrack yeah. as well. So, uh, and he's a, he's a local. Uh, West Midland's boy as well So uh, all all, all boxes are ticked Have a listen to this This is The Wrestler By Clint Mansell From the soundtrack to The Wrestler Mickey Rourke's Great comeback very strange is occurring here in the studio (laughs) one of the things we are discovering about our brand new super duper elegant studio is it's not transmitting (laughs) so um, we've just been told that uh, the outside world is hearing a different show to the one that we're doing here in the studio but we are still recording it. Yes, allegedly
2: the they've thing. just played Chop Suey by System of a Down, so it's that episode.
1: Oh, uh, right no. Yeah. I tried, to, I, tried to, I tried to forget that one. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, well done. Um, you, you weren't able to we answer. are now a podcast rather than a live show. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately you won't be able to be in. We are trying to get that sorted out. Um, but again, I'm talking to you from the past now, so I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, so hey, here we're mixing multiple time
2: zones. It's, Chris, it's a Christopher Nolan
1: oh, film. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, the show will... Come Back. You see what I've done? It will come back. And we will... Um, we're still coming back. We're still coming back. So that was our um, actor. No, that was... Yes, that was our actor. No, that was uh, our film. That was your film. We really messed back. with the time zones. Yeah, I've, I've, my mind's got a bit frazzled here. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to talk about my favourite film about a comeback now. Uh, and that is uh, a film from 2015, Look Who's Back. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before. It's a German film. Absolutely brilliant. It was the number one film in Germany at the time, Um, but uh, I'm not even sure it was released over here, although it is available on Netflix, or it certainly used to be available on Netflix. That's why I saw it. Now, the premise of this is about uh, the return of Adolf Hitler. It's based on a book that was a huge uh, hit in Germany as well, uh, by uh, Timo Vermes, I think his name was. Um, And the the book was... um, about an inexplicable, it's, it's not it's not explained by you know cloning or anything. Hitler just wakes up in this um, Berlin park one day um, with no memory of how he got there uh, in the present day, and goes about trying to sort of um, you know return you know get back his uh, powers. And um, 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 it's it's you know it doesn't sound hilarious, but it is a very dark comedy. It's semi improvised, and um, what happens is he comes back and and we see him going around, and, and some of it was in that kind of Borat style, you know, sort of hidden camera stuff, um, interviewing people, or talking to people, um, and, and the thing that's most interesting about this is that, that uh, so he's come back, and everyone just finds him funny, you know, it, it's not that he is seen as, you know, terrible with, with evil ideas or anything as much as, as just, you know, absurd, no one could possibly think that in this day and age, no one could possibly believe what he believes. And I think what's interesting about this and, and, and the thing that really uh, affected me when I watched the film was, it's telling us that the, uh, you know, it talks a lot about how we, we're we also afraid of sincerity these days. You know, we have these comedians that will say, you know, in, in offensive things, but it's all ironic and everything's very postmodern. Um, and, and that's what this film kind of does. And then the other thing that does that makes it very postmodern is, uh, in in the in the in the book the um, you know it's it's a story about about him coming back uh, and then uh, at the end of the book he writes a book now in the film he writes this book comes out and is a big success as it was in germany and then a film is made of it so we we start having the, the making of a film the second half of this is a making of the film that we've just seen being made. We've just watched in the first half with, with characters and they've got masks on, excuse me, uh, masks on and so forth. So it's, a, it's kind of a bit of a head um, melter uh, on that score. Um, but it's a, just a brilliant, um, funny and dark film. And it just, for me, it's kind of the perfect film for our time because, you know, not long after this, we did have the rise of Donald Trump who, you know, famously people were saying were talking about him uh, during his campaign as, you know, people writing him off, taking him, uh, li- you know, um, literally but not seriously, and that his supporters took him seriously but not literally, um, and I just think that's really it, you know, that, that's what this is all about, you know. We're in a time now where people, you know, politicians and politics, it's all about, you know, the, as it's probably always has been, but it seems extremely high now, about emotion over fact and sentiment over, you know, hard economic reality. I'm not making any parallels, but uh, you may choose to do that. Um, so that, that's my choice for the, um, you know, the, the, the classic uh, film about a comeback for me. So 2015's Look who's back. Have you seen it, Tim?
2: I haven't. I've heard about it. I've read about it. Yes. You know, I, I it was very, very um well received in Germany. Uh it did get some release here in some form and capacity. Was it? Um but no I haven't seen it but I definitely want to see it
1: yes Yeah. I think, I think anyone out there um, should do that um, so yes there we are so we we're all slightly frazzled here by the fact that I know that right now no one's listening but in the future you will be listening I feel somewhat um, all discombobulated uh, I'm going to play another track to get us um, back into uh, the upbeat vibe and this is from Elvis's 1968 comeback special do it there again uh, if I could dream uh, enjoy <laughs> Everyone, we are having a comeback within a comeback. Really uh, apologize. Anyone who's listening to us live... ...has been listening to an old show from 2001 uh, because of our gremlins and our brand new studio. Um, we were thought we were talking to you all and uh, it turns out we were talking to ourselves and pre-recording. So many apologies if you are still listening and you were listening to a show about 2001 and enjoying it, which we hope you were. Apologies, uh, but that one is available on podcast. But now we are live. It is 12.48. It is the... What's the date today? the 15th of june for like holding up a newspaper to prove this is actually live so apologies to all of those people who were listening to us and wondering what the heck was going on. We were doing loads of really cool tweets. We had a, basically, the first few, like, 48 minutes of the show is the best we've ever done, right? It's the storming show. Yeah, but don't worry, you can still listen to it.
2: And it'll you still can, be storming.
1: It'll still be storming, and it'll be on podcast. The trajectory um, is up. It is. Uh, but we've been doing our comebacks. This is a show we have been talking about our favourite comeback films and our favourite comeback... Um, well, we've, been, we've done actors, and we have done... Uh, Films about comebacks. Uh, The actors we've talked about. Tim, your acting comeback was...
2: Matthew McConaughey.
1: Matthew McConaughey. My acting comeback was Winona Ryder in uh, Stranger Things. Uh, And then we were also talking about films about comebacks. Uh, And Tim's was... The Wrestler. The Wrestler, Darren Arfonofsky's 2008 masterpiece um, with Mickey Rourke, who was also making a comeback in that film. Uh, And mine was something else. What was it? Uh... Look who's back. All about uh, the return of uh, Hitler in the modern era, which believe it or not is a comedy. It is a comedy. Um, and uh-huh. a good, it is very very funny and very interesting film. But we are now here and we are also going to be shortly just see walking into the studio uh, our guest. Um, so we're going to be uh, getting our guest to come in and talk to us about the uh, the I keep getting this wrong. The Birmingham Indian Film festival. For some reason, I keep wanted to say the London uh, Birmingham one. I don't know because there was a London one. Anyway, I um, mean uh, Darmesh is going to be coming in and talking to us about that in a few moments. Um, we have got uh, a bit of a time squeeze, um, so we are going to be um, to, just do, uh, running through another comeback category uh, before we invite Darmesh in. So, Tim, what category would you like to talk about next?
2: I think we should talk about directorial comebacks. Good, good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, will, I will jump in in that case. Because, you go ahead. Um, one um, that is, for me, the greatest, um, and one of the greatest directors, Terrence Malick, The Thin Red Thin Line. The Thin Red Line, yeah. 1998. You stole my thunder, man.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. That's but fine, but I have, I have a couple of other
1: choices. Good, I'm glad you have those backups. I mean, uh, a lot of people, you know, at the time, I was reading some reviews at the, um, from the time recently about this film, and at the time a lot of people were a bit, meh, I think it's fantastic. Um, I do too. It's based on... So this is uh, a Second World War film about uh, the invasion of uh, a Japanese-held island in the Pacific. It's not Guadalcanal. I can't remember the name of the island itself. Uh, it's based on James Jones's novel. I think one of the reasons that it meant so much to me, this film, is that it's also one of my favourite books. It's only very tangentially based on it, the title and you know, a little bit of it, but the film is much more poetic and, and sort of... Um, uh, sort of, uh visual obviously but very kind of um uh, what's the word it's almost ethereal um compared to to the book the book itself is actually a sequel to from here to eternity um a sort of sequel the main characters sort of dies and then comes back but it is basically a sequel to from here to eternity um and it's also been filmed before so it's a comeback in that it's a remake um, it was filmed in 1964 And uh, the the 1998 is Terence Malick's first film for 20 years since Days of Heaven, which is a big flop and has been again re re, Re appreciated appreciated as a classic. Um, And it's it's got an amazing cast: Sean uh, Sean Penn, uh, George Clooney, Adrian Brody, John Cusack, John Travolta. Seven Oscar nominations. A Hans Zimmer score. Great score. Intense, very poetic. As I say, sumptuous. It's visually. It's got lots of. Juxtapositions between beauty of nature and the violence and uh, the horror of this industrial slaughter that was happening—it's um, horrifying. It's unglamorous. Uh, it's probably too long, uh, but it is a great comeback. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of, of anything else that Terence Malick has done since then. I'll be honest. Even Tree um, of Life. Yeah, I, yeah, it's alright. You know, um, I know, um, but but this was one for me. I'm gonna say it's possibly due to the fact the book had such a uh, a place in my heart. But there we are. Blake's Blake's comeback director is Terrence Malick, who had previously directed, I think, just two films. Yeah, uh, and then 20 year gap, and then wow this came out 1998. So there we are. You approve that, I think.
2: I very much approve because that was my choice too. Oh, uh, right. But I, I, I have some thoughts on this because I had a harder time with this one because I, I tend to generally think that when directors get into a rut, they tend to stay in that rut, um, not to name any names. you know. Well, actually, I will. We're still awaiting the comeback from M. Night. We're still awaiting John Carpenter's comeback. We'd like to think what happened to Michael Cim- Cimino after um, Heaven's Gate and if he would have been able to do another film because it would have been brilliant, but of course he... Went ran over budget and it was a flop. Yeah. I, I always think they're um, directors who start great get into a slump, and then do some great movies before getting into a slump again. Not mentioning names, um, but I am going to I am going to have a, a crack at this one. Um, I was thinking about Ridley Scott. We we talk about him a lot, actually, don't we? Because mm. you know, yeah, I would um, say that you know. He's an incredibly he's an incredibly shrewd um, businessman within the way he gets films done. He gets films done and yeah. he does them very well. Even though if he's not served necessarily by great scripts, he always does the best that he can based on what he has. Yeah. Um, the film where it really cracked it, and it's the film where I think he it, it was a, it was the sci fi comeback for Ridley Scott was *The Martian*. Yeah. It was the one time where I thought, "Hey, he's been he's actually been given a script that's actually half decent and half good." Because you think what came before it, *Robin Hood*. The Counselor, White Moses, Prometheus. Mm. Some people like Prometheus. I think it's an, a film where if they just focused on David's character, and we did have a film about it, the, the ideas around that, might have given us like, a one-hour episode of something that was quite interesting. Um Anyway, The Martian is a fabulous film. I, I Again, I, I, you know, and all the money in the world I didn't like as much as other people, but he has this ability to, he you know... But it made as well Yeah, it's something, isn't it? He's, he's, not, he's not Nicolas Cage in that it takes nine movies for him to produce something that's amazing. It's a bit less than that, I would mm. say. But, you know, every fourth or fifth film that Ridley Scott does, he pulls something out and does something really, really good. Um... The other one I was going to mention, I was going to talk about Luke Besson, um, not, not because, because for 20 years I've been waiting for him to do something that's on the same level of what he might have done early on in his career with Leon Nikita and Fifth Element mm. I'm not such a fan of Fifth Element and um, Valerian eh, was, a, was a fifth element ripoff. But Lucy was a film which I think actually channeled a lot of those Besson tropes, the, the fun Besson tropes that kind of uh, people like so and enjoy. The Scarlett Johansson. The Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and you know, thing. like Olympia, you know, I, I quite liked that film. I Wasn't thought was there high. some controversy
1: um, around the kind of. Um, whitewashing of that is that? Am I getting that muddled up with something else? You might be
2: getting it mixed some anime, anime it Wasn't anime? No, it was, no, it was action. It's based on an anime. It that... is it has an anime yeah. element, you know. But I wasn't. I just saw it as um, a kind of a fun, a fun, a fun kind of weird reboot of Nikita with a sort of wacky sort of um, sort of wacky edge, you know. Overall, I thought that was really good. You know, um, Best Sons We've been waiting for a, a decent best song film for twenty years. I'm a fan. I grew up with him, so it's kind of. But, so, um,
1: but you're going to stick with Ridley?
2: Yeah. Also, I think the Russo brothers, you know, you think they started off directing, like, um, Arista development episodes. Then they did things like Yumi Dupree and Animal Practice. And then they came out and did Captain America Winter Soldier, which I think is one of the finer, finest Marvel films. And did they um, do the
1: most recent one as well? Mm, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, you know, th- those guys have come out, uh, I think, come back and they they've found their niche within the Marvel. Uh, Universe. Uh, yeah. Again, but I, I said I, wouldn't gonna, I wasn't going to talk about Marvel films, and I've basically gone against myself there. Well, There we, you go. Sorry about you. that, Blake. So
1: we, um, we Ridley probably Scott. both agree Ridley Scott, Terence Malick, yeah. um, um, and The Martian being the particular high point for Ridley Scott and for me the thin red line so there we are you may agree with us you may disagree with us if you are now listening to us please do tweet let us know that we are still talking to someone yeah what are, your, what are your? What
2: you your? which directors yeah. have we missed
1: here which directors have we missed and of course if you've missed stuff we've been talking actors and we've been talking films about uh, comebacks as well we even played um, a a bit of Al Pacino singing, so you want to come back uh, and listen to that. Uh, we're going to be joined in the studio uh, <laughs> shortly by our guests, so we're going to play a little bit more music while we get settled in for that. And this is a nice, uh, a nice pack track. This is from the um, Look Who's Back, the uh, the German film about the turn of Hitler, and this is called Mister Hitler by Led Belly. It's from an album called. It's from the soundtrack, but it's also from an album, a marvelously named album called Kicking Hitler's Butt. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of anti-Nazi songs, so enjoy this. That's And that, of course, was Mr. Hitler by Berry from "Kicking Hitler's Butt." This is an album I definitely want to listen to uh, a bit more. Um, you're listening to the Screen Brum Show here on Brum Radio, and uh, we are joined here by Darmesh from the. Birmingham. Why do I find this hard to say? The Birmingham Indian Film Festival. Passes on those leaflets, Damesh. Hello. Very Hello. nice to hear you. Um, how are you?
3: I'm good, thank you. Uh, really nice to see you in your new setup.
1: Yes, it's nice, isn't it? You can see through. If you are hungry, I'd recommend going to the uh, to the cafe there in the the warehouse cafe. I've had some vegan sushi this morning. That's and actually I, my next stop. Yeah, yeah. Go in there. You can you can and, and that goes for anyone out there. Come through. And you, if you want to see us at work, if you want to see Tim with his rather sinister T-shirt on, uh, you can uh, come and look through the windows here at the Warehouse Cafe in Digbeth. And it's in, great. It's
3: just it like the BBC studios now where we can, the audience can see in. Exactly. It's not quite the mailbox, but, um, you know,
1: it's cooler. It's cooler. So, so, Darmish, tell us a little bit about the Birmingham... Why do you find it so hard to say? I don't know what it is.
3: I tell you why you're finding it hard to say. Yeah, is because we used to call it the London... Indian Film Festival in Birmingham well, that's, that's just confusing That is very confusing Which is why we changed the name last year To Birmingham Indian Film Festival And so this is the fourth year That the festival um, is in the city So uh, in terms of your comeback We keep coming back Excellent And so it's our fourth year um, Getting bigger and uh, bolder uh, And prouder every year And it begins on the 22nd of June That's right, one week today Runs to the 1st of July That's right And whereabouts so, um, if I do the, 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 the summary, it's 15 films over 10 days in three cinemas. Mm-hmm. And that's at the Cineworld Broad Street, Mac Birmingham at mm-hmm. Hill Park, and the Mockingbird Cinema and Kitchen in the Custard Factory in Digby. Fantastic. Digbirth.
1: And um, what, kind of, what kind of things have you got on this year?
3: We've got um, a real wide variety of films. So, firstly, um, the Birmingham Indian Film Festival... Uh, shows independent Indian cinema, so it's not your Bollywood. Um, it's a, a different kind of film, but uh, equally and as amazing to watch. Um, and we've kind of split it up into three themes this year. So we've got a lot of female directors. So we've got a, a kind of a, a theme called The Female Eye, where we've got uh, films that have been made by female directors. We've got Love, Sonia. Um, sorry, that's isn't um, that's our opening film, um, uh, Venus, uh, Teen or Other, uh, Village Rockstars, Bird of Dusk, all made by female directors. The second theme we've got is fathers and sons. So there's films kind of like looking at that relationship between fathers and sons and the kind of... Uh, the impact that a, a man has on his son, who's the first kind of role figure, five figure, role model in his life. Um, and then we're just looking at Extraordinary Lives. Um, so that's got a kind of series of, of films all looking at different things. Um, and within the whole programme, actually, we've got uh, four films that have got kind of LGBTQ themes, uh, which we've kind of highlighted as well. So um, it's a real diverse range of films um, in seven different languages, um, a lot of them have been winning awards already. Um, Village Rockstars, which is our Assamese film, uh, won the National Award, which is kind of the highest award within India that the government gives for, for Best Film, for Best Child Actor, uh, for Best Editing, and Best Audio. Um, so that film's been shown at the MAC on Thursday, the 28th of June. Mm-hmm. And we have the director, Reema Das, who's going to be here uh, doing a Q and a afterwards. Wow, fantastic.
1: And are, are these all... Indian films, are any of them, you know, uh, international UK films? Or yeah, those?
3: well, actually, no, good, good question, actually. Two of the films aren't actually from India, even though they've got South Asian themes. So um, we have a film called Eaten by Lions on Friday 29th of June at the MAC, which is the British film uh, made by uh, director Jason Wingard and stars Antonio Akil, who was in Tomb Raider, um, and also Man Like Mobine, um, and he was in City of Tiny Lights with uh, Riz... Um, Ahmed Ahmed, uh, recently, um, and Jack Carroll, who is a comedian who's been on Britain's Got Talent and uh, on some children's TV programmes on the BBC. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to be attending. Uh, that film gets premiered at the Edinburgh Film Festival next week and then comes to London and then to Birmingham. Um, and so we've got it in our festival, and the director and those two stars will be at uh, the screening doing a Q&A afterwards. Uh- one of the things that
1: that we've we've had a, a an Indian cinema special on here before, and I think one of the things that people often you know the stereotype i think of of the Indian film is often Bollywood and you think you know colourful and musical and people sort of singing at each other there's not more to it than that though isn't there
3: there's a lot more to it and we actually we have got one film that's got some singing in it um so halka is a is a a film that's got some of that in it um but yeah i mean if you think about india it's the country that probably makes the most films Mm. in the world um and the one that everybody knows is bollywood because it's so big and so bold and so colorful and so loud um, in terms of music so it makes a big splash and it's very mainstream and very commercial uh, but then there are f- um, f- uh, the film scene, the film industry uh, is quite regional as well. There's all these regional films being made. There's independent cinema being made. Uh, so lots of really big films made in kind of in, in different languages like Telugu, uh, Tamil, uh, Marathi, um, Assamese, Gujarati. Um, so it's easy for you to say. It is, <laughs> sometimes. Um, but all of these films don't get the same kind of... Uh, Exposure, And so what Birmingham Indian Film Festival does is make sure that we try and bring some of the best of those films to the city um, and give them uh, some exposure and people get to see something that actually, if they didn't come to the festival, they may never get to see.
1: Yeah, so these, these won't
3: necessarily be getting releases otherwise. No. No. Um, some of them may, hopefully, and we'd like to, to get kind of releases so more people see them, but that's not guaranteed. Um, one thing I forgot to say earlier on so you asked me about two film, the, uh, the films that weren't made in India. The second film is Venus, uh, was made in Canada, um, and that's our closing night film, uh, which is the film about um, a person who is struggling with his uh, identity and finally decides to come out as a woman just as a 14 year old boy turns up on his doorstep and says, Hello, Dad. Mm. So it's a comedy uh, about a Punjabi family and um, how their kind of lives change with all these different things happening. Um, and we ha- as I said, we have the director of the film coming for the Q&A, but we also have um, Gordon Warnecker, who's going to be there, who stars in the film, who plays the dad. Now, you're looking at me strangely, but I'm, I bet you know who Gordon Warnecker is. If I mention my beautiful laundrette, I knew- suddenly...
1: Oh, I'm looking at the picture here, and I'm thinking, yes...
3: Yeah. So, Gordon um, uh, Warnecker played opposite Daniel Day Lewis in the yeah. seminal film *My Beautiful Laundrette*. And um, so he'll be here for the closing night uh, of the festival.
1: It sounds like it sounds like again, it's addressing a, quite a range of things. I mean, Indian cinema is, is 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 there's quite a lot of controversy at the moment in India, isn't there? As some recent film featuring a sort of female masturbation scenes become very controversial. There, it seems like there is a lot happening over there, addressing a lot of these in perhaps a, a quite conservative film industry that's really really hitting these issues yeah right?
3: um lots of issues are dealt with and they're dealt with in different ways so um there was a film recently called toilet which basically translates as toilet a love story <laughs> uh which was uh looking at quite um serious issues about um kind of sanitary situations in in india um, and that was made in a very bollywood way uh, we have halka which Translates as relief, um, which is done in a, a, a very independent Indian um, kind of way. Looking at the social issues around um, the sanitary situation in the slums where they don't have proper toilets um, and the government's giving them money to kind of build toilets, but some people take the money and use it for other purposes. Um, it's a family film, it's a really good film, it's got a really <laughs> lovely ending, but basically it's about toilets, about this boy who wants to buy a toilet, he goes to the showroom longingly looking at toilets.
1: My kids are queuing up. Anything about Sorry. toilets. And they are well in for that. So, yeah. Yeah,
3: (laughs) And the opening film, I think, you know, I really should say a few things about the opening film, Love, Sonia. So that's the film that kind of nobody really wanted to make. Um, And the film is about human trafficking, uh, kind of sexual grooming, sex trafficking. Um, So a young girl... This has got some big names. It's got some really big names. So this this film uh, has been filmed um, across Mm -hmm. India and America... um, China as well, and yes, China. Um, it's uh, the film is in Hindi, English, and Cantonese. Um, and it follows the story of a young girl who is sold in desperate times um, by her father who kind of regrets it very soon, but it's really quite not easy watch um, and then her sister who goes out to try and save her but also gets caught up in this human trafficking world um, so from the little, little village in India that they live in she ends up in America um, it's a hard watch, but it's a really important watch. It's telling a really important story. It's a global story. We've had kind of those sexual grooming kind of issues happening in this country as mm-hmm. well. So it's, it's a really important um, story to tell. Um, and, yes, it's got some really big names. So it's got um, Anupam Kher, who you may have seen recently in A Boy With A Top Knot, and he was uh, shortlisted for a BAFTA. Um, Adil Hussein, who was in Life of Pi, um, you've got Rajkumar Rao who was in Newton which was India's uh, entry to the Oscars last year but we were also also, also at our film festival um, you've got Frida Pinto from Slunknob Millionaire uh, Sunny Power who was in Lion mm. um, as you say uh, Demi Moore uh, Mike, Mark Duplass um, and then some uh, upcoming stars so um, Mrunal Thakur, who plays uh, the lead character, um, she has been in a lot of Indian uh, soap operas and stuff, but is about to make it big because she's filming um, a Bollywood film with a big star called Hrithik Roshan, which is going to be out next year. So that she's kind of on her way up, and this is a really good uh, film for her. Um, and then Richa Chadha, um, who's been in a um, number of Indian serials and an independent film called Masan. So um, really good cast... Uh, we have the director coming, uh, and three of the cast are coming as well. So, Meryl Tucker, uh, Ria Sisodia, and um, Richard Chada are coming to the opening night, um, as well as the director, Tabrez Nurani, uh, who was also a producer on Slumdog Millionaire and Life of Pi and Lion. Um, and a number of other uh, people who are associated with the films, are the film composer, uh Co-producers, producer um, are all coming for the opening night red carpet.
1: I am. I am quite excited. There is some really, really great stuff on here. And um, how do people know? There's leaflets around the city. How else would people find out about? So
3: it? yeah, we've um. Ha- so we've been. Uh, We've been really lucky this year, so I need to thank a couple of our sponsors, um, Birmingham City University and Birmingham Airport. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of Birmingham City University students uh, from the School of Media who have been helping us as volunteers, and they've been around the city uh, distributing nearly 5,000 of these brochures, programs, which are handy uh, to keep in your pocket or your handbag and see what's going on. Um, so they, you should find them in most cafes, arts venues, um, definitely the cinemas the so cineworld mac and mockingbird um, and if you can't find one for any reason then you can just go along to the website birminghamindianfilmfestival.co.uk uh, all the films are listed on there there is a downloadable uh, brochure as well and obviously we're very busy on twitter at we love biff and instagram we love biff and we have a facebook page where you can find out
1: more as well here's me thinking we love biff was a back to the future fan site but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's something else um I, I'm really really interested in this i'm definitely going to get along to as many of these as i can um, really interesting stuff and it is as you say often the only time you're going to certainly on the big
3: screen get to see a lot of these absolutely things. um every time i talk about it, i can't stop talking about the different films because they are so good uh, but there's Two more things that I really wanted to say was, this is the first year that we're showing the Short Film Award in Birmingham. So uh, we are part of the London Indian Film Festival that's been running since 2010. um, And they do uh, Satyajit Ray Short Film Award, which is um, internationally people submit their films, some are shortlisted, and then an award is given. We've never really shown the short films in Birmingham before, so we're doing that for the first time this year. So there's seven films that have been shortlisted, um, and they're being shown at the Mockingbird Cinema on Saturday 30th of June. Um, And I think a film that you guys would probably really like is a film called Teen or Ada, which is on 26th of June, Um, and it fits in with your theme of comebacks as well. Uh Uh, But I think technically you will really enjoy it. So Teen or Ada means three and a half, and this film has been made in three and a half takes.
0: Oh, that so that's, tape.
3: Ah, what's half a take? Ah, uh, okay. I watched it. I'm going to have to watch it back for that bit. But um, essentially, it's a film about one building and what happens uh, um, at, in that building over three different eras. Oh. So maybe you've kind of got a comeback thing there, coming back oh, to the same like building. Like um it. So there's three different stories. The first story is about a young boy um, whose birthday it is, but no one believes him because it's the 29th of February. And so he has a conversation with his grandfather about that. It's all done in one take. The second story is um, set in a brothel, so the building becomes a brothel, and it's the kind of ballet around the transaction between the client um, and the prostitute. Um, They never quite do anything, but the kind of ballet, the conversation that happens around them is really quite intricate and interesting. And actually it stars a guy called Jim Saab, who you earlier mentioned controversy in India. Um, He was in the film Padmavat, which was banned for some time because of various issues. But um, uh, Padmawad was a, was a really big film by Sanjay Leela Bansali, and Jim Saab was in that film, um, and he is in this story of this film. And then the third story looks at the twilight years of an old couple um, who are kind of rekindling their romance, and they discover secrets about each other that they never knew. So kind of in, in their 70s, they suddenly find out secrets about each other in a kind of really romantically intimate kind of um, beautiful uh, setting that the way the way that it's been filmed
1: that is fantastic and uh, so the the short film award is on the 30th of june that's right i believe and that's at the mockingbird which is a fabulous venue it as is. well uh, and you can get some food uh, and watch a film called The Fish Curry. So, um, you know, I cannot think of a better thing, frankly, than doing that. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Dormish. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, really, really interesting. And I hope you're going to come back next year with another festival, right? Definitely. Excellent. Well, you can come and tell us all about it. I'm going to play another track uh, now. Um, this is from a film featuring uh, a comeback. Um, you will know what it is. And it's great because this is one of the few... Um, uh, theme tunes of a song uh, sort of a film that I know of that basically just tells the story of the film uh, lyrically, so uh, see if you can work out what it is, you'll know, you'll know
0: <laughs>
1: So that was uh, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones from the film of the same name where Um, If you haven't seen it, it it's a a Stephen King film in which uh, when pets are buried in a certain cemetery, they come back. They come back to life. And it's terrifying. And I saw it on video when when it came out when I was about 14, 15, I remember, with some friends. And we watched the film. And they went home. uh, And I went to bed and unbeknownst to me, they'd left the back door unlocked and they went away for about half an hour and then sneaked back into my house. As I was getting into bed, all burst into my bedroom screaming. And um, I, uh, well, I'm not going to say I soiled myself, but I got pretty close, <laughs> so it uh, still gives me, like, traumatised. Uh, so there's some comeback in there. Thank you very much, Damesh, there from the uh, Birmingham Indian Film Festival. Fantastic, isn't it? I'm yeah. really
2: looking forward to seeing some of those films. Uh, um, yeah. There's
1: some really interesting variety and lots of lots of people to meet as well, so get on that. Um, but we have got uh, some some films to get through here. We're going to be talking about comebacks. So we're going to be talking next about what? Re- reboots. Reboots, reboots. Which is reboots. pretty
2: much all of Hollywood. <laughs> reboots,
1: reimaginations, but, you know, it's sequels. Ever done well? What do you think?
2: Yeah, many have done very well. Yeah. I mean, for every one bad one, there's a good one. Yeah generally well, I'm I'm maybe sure there's more ratio, maybe I'm being but, really generous actually um, on that but, front
1: yeah um, it's it's great when something I mean you know I think the term reinvention or reimagining was sort of almost kind of quite a recent invention when Battlestar Galactica was remade as a completely different thing uh, and brilliant um, but but very very different to the original thing in the Westworld world and all these well yeah these I mean you know there.
2: there's a whole other conversation that we could have around the TV series mm. and um, you know reboots you know I've, I've been a big fan of the Star Trek Discovery which has been very very good mm. um, the Netflix I mean, I mean, Netflix is a is a discovery all in in and of itself, isn't it? You know, uh, well,
1: they can just throw money at everything uh, and see what sticks, can't they? Yeah, That's exactly. Their, their m- um,
2: but yes. Um but yes, um, I'm am sticking to film on this regard. Yes. Um,
1: so, what are you gonna? What, what have you got
0: for us?
2: Okay, this was a really interesting one. Um, as I say. Right now you, you do you do also wonder if many Hollywood producers are best placed to leave it alone, would <laughs> not mess with the legacy of yeah. older films. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's been a whole host of reboots which have worked very, very well in my opinion. Um, I can think of, for example, um, interestingly, you know, we've, got, we've got Ocean's Eight coming out, and Ocean's Eleven was a remake and a really good one. Because mm. uh, uh, Casino Royale was the one Bond reboot, right? You know, the whole the whole premise of Daniel Craig coming in was to reboot the Bond character, send it back to basics, send it back to the start of his Double O Seven, becoming a Double O, and um, you know this, this sort of the whole reckless. The reckless spy angle and the, the gritty Daniel Craig—that was a really good reboot. The recent J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek was a very, very good mainstream reboot and very likable. You know, integrating some of those '60s aesthetics um, in a kind of a post-postmodernistic kind of humorous 21st-century way. And then well, i then, words in there? I'm not sure. And then know, you know, Chris Nolan, of course, with the Batman saga. Which, I
1: think, uh, I think uh, The I, reason I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm... Slightly sceptical on these. A lot of these are not. I mean, it's, they're they're not that different, though, are they? I mean, the new Star Treks. Are they really that different? Are they? Have they changed them hugely?
2: They take elements. Are well, yeah, well, I would say Star Trek Discovery as a TV series is is very different. Yeah. Uh, it's a much darker uh, character feel uh, offer. I think it's you know it's a Star Trek for bleaker times. Um, but the, uh, I would say that um, the one that stands alone on its two feet for me is um, The Planet of the Apes, the, the trilogy that's come ever recently.
1: Oh, not the Tim Burton one.
2: Not the Tim Burton one, no. Yeah. Um, Rise of Planet Apes and the subsequent two films that followed. I, I really love these three films. And um, the reason why, I think mainly, first of all, they're fantastically done. I think that they've managed to do something with human ape capture and the whole uh, effects around yeah, how they how they capture the the, the 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 nuances of of apes, and the way that Andy Serkis inhabits the characters and the other actors around it. are really great, but actually there's strong storytelling here. There's strong issues. It's really well done. And um, you really invest in the um, firstly in the first film, where the setup is all about you know the mistreatment of the apes and the humanize and the humanization of Caesar as a character, um, getting behind his and 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 really you know getting behind the character and what he stands for and how they they become you know mobilized, as it were, setting up for the sequel, which is basically an allegory of Julius Caesar, in <laughs> no uncertain terms,
1: well, that's subtle, and
2: the, the Shakespeare <laughs> allegory, quality. which runs through, yeah and then the, the, the final film, which is kind of more of an apocalyptic kind of war film you know, where, you know, uh, Caesar comes up against Woody Harrelson's uh, army general and, you know, and um, Caesar becomes the the hero the the guy who overcomes the uh, the humans, but again, this, the, uh, it's the merging of the worlds where you've got humans and apes against humans and apes You know, and it's not black and white, it's coloured. So it does a lot of really good stuff. And that's, that's also in the knowledge that the original Planet of the Apes films are also really good. Mm. And they tackle they, they tackle some of them, some of them yeah. you know. Certainly, it's not all of them. Maybe discuss, yeah. um, but certainly some of those earlier Planet of the Apes films
1: are really are really thought provoking. They, really they powerful. talk about the issues of their time. Oh, is, and, yes, and so do these, but they are different issues. Yeah, yeah different
2: issues. So um, that's my choice. I'm a big fan. I
1: think that's one of the best trilogies and reboots of recent years. Good, a good choice. So Tim has rebooted us um, with. <laughs> the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy, yep. recent, uh, recent ones. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this, thinking about this, and thinking about reboots, and also very big gaps between films, so perhaps the biggest I don't know is it the biggest The Hustler 1961's The Hustler to the Colour Colour of Money money. from 1986 with you know you've actually got you know Paul Newman who has aged in real time coming back in the same character and then having Tom Cruise brilliant um, it's a likeable film it's a very uh, likeable film yeah and a great kind of and then perhaps similar is um, Gap I'm not quite sure the second one's successful but Chinatown to the two Jakes there's a 16 year gap between those Uh, and then a couple of of there's a dread, uh, the dread, the recent dread, Judge dread, dread film, um, which was, which was much, much better than the Sylvester Stallone one. I I, you know, I've got a soft spot for both. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> In their
2: own, it, it, it could, I, I just treat it with the kind of uh, comic uh, cheesiness. Yeah, the Stallone one has its kind of cheese, but yeah, the, origin, the 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 one that's come most recently is
1: much better. Yes. Um, but there's Alex Garland, uh, of course, who you know um, has has had a bit of a comeback as well from being a kind of. Novelist being a, a sort of celebrated party director now, oh, Annihilation <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. Anyway, mine, my choice is going to be a TV series that you all know, and it's um, whatever happened to the Likely Lads? Now, this was well, that's out of, that's come out of left field. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a reboot from the original series, The Likely Lads, black and white, very sort of quite broad humor uh, sitcom about two young kind of you know lads on the kind of making in the northeast of england um in a, a certain social environment and then it was remade 10 years later Man. um reflecting a huge change that had happened in society in the meantime it's come back in color it's come back with a different sort of humor and it's come back with characters that have been profoundly affected by the social and economic factors that had that had happened in the meantime. It's about growing old. It's about uh, growing older, growing up. It's about class. Um, it's about social mobility, and it's also about the funniest thing you'll ever see. So, um, yeah, it's it's perhaps it's not a film I know, but you know we're counting TV, and I'm letting that, I'm letting have myself have that um, because it's it's what I like to think of as a sort of proper reboot in the sense that it's it's taken something that's quite beloved. And it's made something new from it without taking away the original, but it's not it's not hankering it's not sort of harking back to it. It's it's built something new from it and, and, and better, you know. Whatever happened to the like lads is a was a better It's a completely different offer in terms yeah. of the
2: comedic Yeah. It's a darker
1: comedic element, much yeah. more social. Is exactly. that and it ha- almost vaguely remember what yeah. It has an online, it has a kind of plot and, and and I think it was a film version of it as well. And I would have loved to have seen a third series of that now um judging what had happened in the interim but uh, there was occasionally talk about it um but uh, never happened um but yeah whatever happened to the likely lads so that is uh, that is my choice and i'm going to play some music that uh, evokes it frankly so um let us know if you are listening in there uh, out there let us know uh, at at screenbrum uh, any reboots um, or reimaginings that you like. But have a listen to this.
0: See,
1: what became of the Likely Lads? That track is about six minutes long because there's another bit stuck on the end. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, so, Tim, you need to leave soon, don't you? You this is to- an unusual situation, oh, no. yes. This has to, to leave, but we are going to have a final extra guest. Uh, Lucy is going to be joining us from the producer's booth. She's going to cross the uh, threshold into the studio and talk to us. Um, so we're going to have a few more comeback uh, specials. Um, we um we've been talking so much we ha- we decided we we're going to have these four categories and then we had our fifth category being a bit of a wild card yes but frankly we've talked about all of those things as well I'm not sure it's it we I actually have anything else up my sleeve really that we haven't already discussed i miss the limey by the way
2: cuz i i, I, I consider point. you know i was like a Terence stamp moment we've already had one though mm. talked about but That's limey a limey's one. a great film The um, because uh, it's, well, interesting in thing again with
1: the limey as well is, is it has little excerpts from uh, his early films in uh, yeah um, like it's a home video, isn't it? For me? Yeah, for
2: me that is a that is a, a an appreciation of Terrence Stamp, Great, down to a yeah. T, and it is a comeback. For it is about a comeback and of sorts, isn't it? So I, yeah. I, that would be my bonus choice if I was to pick one.
1: And I would say the one that I I've got a little clip for it. I was going to play, but I made it, it's, it was Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, um, just for it's just it's you know about a, a, a an aging star hoping to make a comeback. Um, it's just um, magnetic. Um, stuff, um, just just agony to watch as well. Just just the sort of self delusion really that's going on. Um, but there's so many films about you know aging stars and, and people making comebacks. But uh, yeah, that's probably another one that I would suggest having a look for. Um, I have had some recommendations on Twitter. One from a rather alarming uh, film. Um, I'll, I'll play the trailer. Um, it has this trailer has perhaps the weirdest juxtaposition of music. Uh, in any film, uh, any film trailer I've heard. Have a listen to this. Oops, sorry. Um, um, Hang on a second. Um, And uh, yeah, have a listen to this and uh, see if you think this music is entirely appropriate for where it is.
0: You've heard the expression, safe as houses. But some houses are never safe. Some buildings have an aura of evil. An atmosphere heavy with impending doom. And some people, some very unlucky people, cannot see it. They cannot hear it. Or even feel it. (whistles) For them, there is no warning. Old woman humming traces of some long forgotten tune. International singing star Jack Jones as Nick Cooper, a recording star desperately making his comeback. There's something strange about that place. I was frightened, terrified. There are voices, voices that fill the night with faceless fear and the grim promise of death. he is going mad, or perhaps there is someone there. Someone who hates him enough to kill and kill again. It was real. I saw it. She tried to destroy you, Nick. No fright. I wouldn't let anything happen to you. You killed her. Killed who? And Jack Jones is the idol of millions He becomes a target for terror A man fighting for his career And for his life In the comeback
1: Thank you to Daryl Davis For recommending that uh, After his rec- I hadn't seen this before but I watched it uh, Yesterday and possibly It's pretty, pretty dark and creepy stuff But he wears a anorak in it which is possibly the scariest thing i've ever seen it's got amazing weird cast it's got bill owen who's compo from uh Last of the Summer Summer Wine. Wine, yeah. it's got um the guy played bosley in charlie's Angel and then it's got pamela Stevens stevenson
2: and, yeah in a, in a straight role yeah. before not the We've, nine o'clock yeah years.
1: um and then and then this um you know this, uh, jack jones who uh was a don't you know was a big star yeah. um, um bizarre um british you know sort of creepy horror film. The trailer
2: it? is very entertaining, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It's, it's very creepy. So, yes, that was a uh, contribution. Thank you very much for, for them. So, thank <laughs> you. Uh, Daryl's actually just tweeted in. He's approved of my whatever happened to the Lightly Lads um, tweet, uh, sorry, um, uh, decision uh, for reboot. So, thank you, Daryl. It's good to know that uh, I am approved of. Um, and he's pointed out, yeah, obviously, uh, as, as you may know, that uh, Rodney B's actually died. So, there is no chance that we'll hear from them again alas but perhaps sometimes you know as, as as we have alluded to a lot of these a lot of these reboots and remakes are dreadful so perhaps sometimes it's best to leave it in the past you know there's a lot of there's a lot of danger in bringing some beloved thing back um um feathers and wings hello uh, i'm not quite sure uh, they've got to come back i'm not quite sure i understand this charlie's endell from budgie came back in charlie's endell equire anyone know what that means I'm not quite sure. I'm, Need I'm, someone
2: to fill in the blanks there, I think. Yeah,
1: I'm not quite sure. Is that... Uh, is that I'm not quite sure. Sorry. Um, so uh, <laughs> let, let us know more about... what well, that's all about feathers and wings. Uh, you obviously... Well done for uh, stumping both of us. Yes, there. but you know, we're not that d- difficult to uh, stump. Now, Tim, you have to leave us. You've got to rush off, but you are going to be back next time, right? I'm always back. Good. I always come back. He always comes back. You see?
2: In the back. words of Daniel Craig in Quantum of Solace, I never
1: left. Oh, my goodness, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So, um, Timmy's shooting off now to catch a train. Um, So, we're going to play a little bit more music. We're going to hopefully get some more tweets from you. So, do tweet in. uh, And then we're going to finish off with our uh, brand new studio producer Lucy who's going to be um, saying whether or not we've been talking absolute rubbish.
2: Yeah, Lucy's been, going to put me in my place. She's biting her too. lip through the wall. I can um, see the look on Lucy's face right now.
1: Yeah, like, oh, these idiots have no idea what they're talking about so she's going to come in uh, and let us know but um, thank you very much for coming in Tim. Sorry for the technical errors we had earlier on. I'm going to um, play some track to let you go Tim. I'm going to play you uh, a track from Jack Jones which is, which is from his, his heyday, before he made his comeback this in that It's just film. for me, is it? Just for me, it's very, very sexist, a uh, track called Why... I don't, Z- I
2: don't want to be
1: <laughs> No, actually, why, why am I going to play a sexist track? Let's play a, a more a, a more delightful one for you, Tim. Let's play It's Raining Men, by the way, the girls. That's yeah. appropriate. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah, yeah. quite why, but I we'll no play idea either. <laughs> Have a great trip. Cheers.
0: Bye-bye. It's Raining Men
1: There we are. That was It's Raining Men in honour of uh, of Tim leaving. I'm not quite sure the appropriateness of it or not, but there we are. That's from a film called The Comebacks, uh, which I would not recommend because it looks... I haven't seen it, but it does not look very good. It's a uh, sporting comeback film with, I think it's generously generously described as very broad humour in the trailer anyway. Um, We have had some clarification on... Um, What um, this Charles Endell Esquire um, That Feathers and Wings was talking about So thank you very much, Daryl Charles Endell Esquire is a British comedy drama series That is a spin-off of the series Budgie With the role of Endell continuing to be played by Ian Cuthbertson Absolute Greek to me I had no idea any of those things uh, existed Um, Lucy has joined me in the studio Have you heard of the TV series Budgie?
4: Vaguely but I couldn't tell you what it's about. No,
1: so. well, there we are, but there we are. There's, uh, there's a lot of uh, very uh, knowledgeable people out there. We appreciate uh, you letting us know. So we are coming close to the end of the show, and I just wanted to, to give uh, Lucy a chance to, to introduce herself, really, because you are, you've you joined us today, and um, what is, do you have a, a favourite comeback film? What have you thought of, of the ones that we've chosen?
4: Well, um, there's a couple that we're... Definitely be in my list for a start. So the wrestler is impossible not to be on on it's that well, list. It? It's just incredible. I, I was reading up some some detail way. on this. Is
1: that there's there's a there's a really heartbreaking sequence in there. when he plays. He's got this really old computer console. And he plays his computer mm. game from the nineties. It's really old. And apparently they made that for the film. And it's a proper game that you can play. Um. Uh, right. on some really old okay. console that yeah it's, it's painful but yeah sorry carry on
4: yeah um, no that would definitely be on there um, a couple that I would add in um, would be um, as a, another you mentioned a music film earlier for me searching for Sugarman oh, yeah. is just wonderful that's a great choice
1: um, we, we have featured it before on the show which is why we, I didn't choose it but it's a great one isn't okay. it yeah,
4: yeah that, that's just beautiful it's the ultimate uplift um, it's a, a similar vein
1: actually um anvil you've seen <laughs> yes, the story of anvil and a yeah. similar kind of, sort of triumph of, of comeback it's it's so hard <laughs> to see these people <laughs> when they're down so. no it's
4: um, it, it all turns out all
1: right. yeah so well in, the, in okay. the case of, of sugar man there's a, a sort of literal um uh, resurrection going on really um excellent anything else
4: um, yes, for an actor, It was sort of a faux one, but Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. So he did his resignation, and then for his and decided to go into hip hop. That's and right. Was,
1: was that was was that or was that ever a, was that a joke or?
4: It turned out to be for a mockumentary. Yeah. But I'm still here, and it was him and the now somewhat shamed Casey Affleck, mm. and it. It's just fantastic. And so whether he he actually did try to go out of acting for a while, but then that as a comeback is pretty spectacular, really. Yeah, that's a brilliant (laughs) one. If you've not seen the documentary, it's uh, well worth the time. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. It's one of those things where it's almost painful, but in a brilliant way. Mm. So... (laughs) um, And my big one really it's not film as such but it he did bill it as a 30-hour film was it, david lynch's new twin peaks oh, the return i'm amazed so, that tim
1: never mentioned that actually because he you know pretty much anything that david lynch touches he adores but yeah, you're a big fan as well aren't you?
4: just a bit yes <laughs> just a little bit um so that's just straight up one of the most incredible things that's been done full stop
1: really <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't so pull your punches no so. no definitely not um, is it? So. Is again is that did it I've I, I, not really seen the original all this mm. um, you know did, they, did it was it a very different beast the return of it or was it the same
4: it's there, there's an element of familiarity um, but it, it's I don't think anyone really knew what to expect from it mm. but it wasn't anything you could have expected. It just came out of nowhere with what happened in it, and it's just spectacular. It's 18 hours of absolute beauty and bemusement. (laughs) If you were going to do a reboot or a comeback of certain characters and a certain storyline, then there's nothing that anyone else could have done. in, in the way that David Lynch does so well.
1: You know? I, saw, I saw a fantastic um, thing uh, on Twitter this week of, of, I don't know if you've seen this, footage of David Lynch directing children.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I can't, I, I think it may, but it's a, it looked relatively recent, mm. uh, just by his age, um, for some scene with kids in, and, he, and he, he's having to get them to scream and roll around the floor screaming, and it's just thing that's just delight because he's just going go on screen. and it's just so weird him like screen roll oh look angry look much angry than he's just sort of joyously you know not obviously not trying to just and these kids are just having a great time sort of and, the, and all their parents are sitting around i think they must be, i think they were not hospital waiting I mean, all the parents are looking gaunt and horrified the actors uh, and the kids are just having a ball and he's just yeah have a look at that if you, if you can find that um well thank you uh very much and uh how have you enjoyed being being on screen, bro? I was, really leading question isn't it you can't really say bad things
4: no i suppose i couldn't but (laughs) but either way it's been great fun and i've really enjoyed sort of getting into things with people on twitter and so definitely if anyone's listening even not live now still get in touch still tweet us yeah we'll still get back to you
1: it's We've just got one in from Tim, actually. Tim is listening on his phone on the way to the train, and he has, he's gutted not to have mentioned Twin Peaks. I think uh. <laughs> he's either, you know, he's probably had some policy uh, not mentioning it. or well, I can't believe he forgot about it because he's a big fan as well. So he says he's got cherry pie on his face um, from <laughs> that, from a kind of a reboot point of view. I mean, there's so many of these kind of reboots, isn't there, with, um, you know, thinking about things like Dallas they've done recently. <laughs> Loads and like TV just yeah. seems to be eating itself on that. That's
4: the whole of a beast, really, yeah, isn't it? Like yeah. You said earlier, it's just that there's so much that you—I wouldn't know where to start with it. My, my argument with the Twin Peaks is that Lynch said it was meant to be one long piece. So an eighteen-hour film. Yeah, um, and you,
1: you, you've not. I bet you're. I bet you're the sort of fan that sat and watched eighteen hours in one go, haven't you? I
4: n- know of people who have, yeah. but I haven't had a chance to do it myself yet. It will happen. Yeah, but um,
1: it, no. I mean, uh, just an hour-long episode is quite enough for me. I mean, yeah. it's, I, mean I, 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 I did watch the original series and, and and liked it, but it's 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 odd, isn't it?
4: Oh, the, brilliantly! So it, it's it, and this the return it, it makes the the originals look positively simple really it's, yeah. Um, yeah there's no it, way was it <laughs> david
1: was it david bowie who's recast as like a kettle or something yes yeah, essentially
4: yes. yeah well
1: is that i mean david david bowie was not was not of this earth so you can't just cast a human in his role no what else could you do really I'm in full agreement with you on there (laughs) Um, so we've got ten minutes left uh, of the show we would love to hear any last mentions I'm having lots of details about my huge gap in our and my knowledge about Budgie Um, someone sent a picture um, and um, feathers and Wings have said they've been trying to type but uh, they have, they literally have a budgie on their keyboard. Um, so that's making it difficult for them to type. So apologies to everyone for being a complete ignoramus of, uh, of this whole budgie scenario. I feel like I should go and uh, look into it now. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, oh, what you're saying, um, it also apparently had, a, this is all happening, um, a brilliant theme tune by, uh, called Nobody's Fool by Cold Turkey. Who really are something to do with Ray Davis and the Kings And I'm a big Ray Davis fan, and I didn't even know this. This is this, this is getting worse for me, uh, feathers and wings. But thank you for that. Um, and, um, and 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 um, I'll play another track. Um, I'm going to play you a track, and then we'll, again, if you have any contributions, do let us know. I'm going to play you something from um, one of the the perhaps the greatest comeback stories in Hollywood, which is. Um, uh, oh gosh Robert Downey Jr um, from Iron Man and this is basically an excuse to play one of my favourite tracks of all time uh, from uh, this is actually from Iron Man too, but you know who's counting alright I love it. I just listened to that all day. And that's Thunderstruck, of course, from the classic Planes 2. Uh, no, uh, I Man 2, although it is in Planes 2, which, uh, you know, you could say uh, is a comeback um, from Planes and not a very good one, even within the, uh, the relatively low bar set by Planes. Um, but, yeah, there we go. Thank you so much. Everyone's just given me loads and loads of detail about Budgie now. So if you ever want to know more about Budgie, then please do follow us on uh, Twitter. Interesting question, and I'd be interested to know your point of view on this, uh, Lucy. From Daryl Davis uh, here on Twitter, who said, "Do do you think that reboots, reimaginings, that type of thing, um, is it's cow- it's it's risk aversion? Is it cowardly? Do you think TV companies, uh, you know, studios are going, let's just go back to something we know? You know, we've seen Star Wars, and everyone's going, oh my God, it's been a failure,' just because it hasn't been quite as successful. Do you think? You know, what do you think about that?
4: It can be, but I think it depends." Um, the reason why it's being done. Mm-hmm. Say if someone's doing it purely for the love of it and they've got a new perspective on it or mm-hmm. s- a character they want to expand on. or um, But if it's being done just as a bit of a cash cow to yeah. keep bringing something in, then that, that's not done sincerely. Yeah. Um, I think something that I've noticed recently... Um, wasn't something I really thought about very much, but the new Star Wars. And I, I'm sorry if I upset anyone, but I thought the new ones continuing the Skywalker story have been terrible. I'm just going <laughs> to
1: move your microphone down. No, carry on.
4: <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed Solo, and I quite liked Rogue One. So I think they're done from a different mm. way. They're a more honest reboot in that they're telling a new story. Yeah. And they, they're done by people who are fans of the films and grew up wanting to know more about mm. this separate world. Whereas the the continuation of the other, the, sort of the, the main story arc, it's, that seems to be more of a, a money pool. Yeah. It's, um, it,
1: it's interesting, a lot of the, you know, the, perhaps the more well received reboots are, are almost reboots of things often that aren't necessary that beloved to start with. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of um, of Westworld, which is, yeah. I, again, I haven't seen, but yeah. it's been very, very well liked on mm. TV. Um, and again, you know, it bears only, I'm, as far as I'm aware, very tangential um, connections to the mm. uh, original. Um, and, you know, it's just something completely different with it. And the original, whilst a sort of cult classic, is not, you know, it's not a kind of. You wouldn't think, oh, people will definitely go and tune into this because it's called Westwood and they all loved. Your Brynner uh, with his face coming
4: off <laughs> I think you've got a really good point there about if it's something that's not necessarily as popular there's going to be less of a buzz about it maybe yeah. so there's more freedom yeah. for the people who are making it to, to expand on it and play about with it to their own
1: uh, sordid ends um, <laughs> now, um, we are right up against the end of the show. Um, I want to say a massive thank you to the thousands of people that have been through the studio today we 've had Damesh from the birmingham Indian Film Festival um, Biff for short um, do check out that there 's going to be some brilliant stuff on there. I also want to thank Tim wilson who 's currently on a train on his way to Stoke, someone has to, I suppose, um, for for coming in. And uh, he'll be back, of course, next time. I want to thank you, Lucy, for coming in and doing all our Twitter. And I also want to thank, of course, all of you at home for listening in and those of you that have tweeted us emailed us we really appreciate that it's lovely to hear from you apologies once again for not being fully present maybe at the beginning uh, of the hour um and um, one film I surprised actually we haven't talked about I'm going to play out with is uh Birdman yes um in a Inorath- in Tutu's film um featuring it, about a comeback, but also in many ways the comeback of, of the actor Michael Keaton in the role. Michael Keaton plays someone who was famous a lot younger for playing a superhero, which he was, of course, as Batman. I
4: had it written down ah, already. to. Michael Keaton yeah. in Birdman. <laughs>
1: Fantastic film. Some beautiful effects in there. Some really interesting visuals. And also uh, a great score, actually. A great soundtrack, which is almost exclusively, if it isn't exclusively, percussion. Yes, um, and um, you at one point see the you know they just the drummer just in the corner playing. Yes, as it on goes one of on.
4: those fantastic flow-throughs. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's great. So let's play out with a little bit of that. And um, this is the uh, the artist is Antonio Sanchez, uh, and the album is Birdman from the uh, the film of the same name. The track is called Strut. I'm going to play off, and I'm going to say thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. We are come back. We are back. Screen Bum is back with an absolute bang. Um, we love uh, hearing from you. We love doing the show. Uh, and we hope to hear you again, hear from you again uh, very soon. So goodbye and have a fantastic weekend.
0: Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider
3: joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are
0: streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at BrumRadio.com.